0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. The U.S. Men's National Team roster that will face Trinidad and Tobago in two games in November that will determine whether or not the U.S. moves on in Nations League. But I think more importantly, whether or not the U.S. Men's National Team can compete in the 2024 Copa America Tournament has been released. And although I'd say 95% of it went as we expected there are some big things happening on this roster, particularly the two guys who were missing. That would be Tim Weah and Christian Pulisic. Uh, now, Weah was, there was some question about whether he would not be on this roster, kind of because of an injury that he sustained earlier. And Christian Pulisic, on the other hand, got injured towards the end of AC Milan's Champion League game against PSG over the last week. An injury that, although it's not suspected to be very bad, it will force him to miss the international window, which puts the US Men's National Team in Greg Berhalter in a really interesting position. Two of the players who have been the stalwarts over the last two or three years who have really uh, made up a lot of what the U.S. Men's National Team attack is will be removed from the attack. There will be a lot of probably new players, new faces featured um, over these two games and a lot of questions that will be answered regarding the depth chart and what Greg Berhalter is going to do when faced with Not having some of his top guys in the lineup. So, who made the squad and how do we expect this squad to line up over these two games with Weya and Polisic out of the lineup? All that and more on this episode of The Anchorport. What's up? My name is Sam. This is The Anchorport, a show all about American soccer. If you're into that, hit the subscribe button, hit the like button. You can directly support the channel. By becoming a member, let's get into the goalkeeper situation. The major sports leagues are in full swing right now, and Bet Online is the top spot for all the action this season. With the MLB postseason, NFL, college football, MLS postseason, and NHL in full swing, Bet Online is your number one source for wagering, news, odds, trends, and predictions. Get everything NBA at your fingertips with both desktop and mobile access for every sport anytime. Head to Bet Online today to get in on the action. Don't forget to use promo code BELIEVE to receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, where the game starts. It should be noted that this roster consists of 24 players, and only 23 are going to be allowed to be named to the Nations League roster per the Nations League rules, so one of these guys is not going to make it to, I guess, the the final roster, so something to look at as far as the makeup of this roster. The three goalkeepers will be Matt Turner, Ethan Horvath, and Gaga Salina. Uh, Gaga I I guess a bit of a surprise but to be fair whenever you're looking at who's going to be that third goalkeeper uh, it's kind of a crapshoot at this point as we said in the previous video I don't think the third goalkeeper is going to have too much of an impact on this tournament it's going to be Uh, Matt Turner starting every bit of both games. The scary situation, though, is that Matt Turner appears to, at least at the moment, lost his starting position over at Nottingham Forest, which means that there's just no top-level U.S. Men's national team keeper starting at the moment. I mean, Ethan Horvath has been in the wilderness for some time. Same goes for Zach Steffen. And Matt Turner just is struggling to find a home right now in the Premier League. Um, I do believe in Matt Turner, and I think this isn't going to affect Matt Turner for this two-game stretch against Trinidad and Tobago. I don't know what it's going to mean for the long term. I think he's going to find a home eventually. He's too good of a keeper not to. We move on to the fullbacks, and this went to chalk. I mean, we have Serginho Des, we have Anthony Robinson, and backing them up will be Christoph Lund and Joe Scali. Not a lot to say about this position group outside of the fact that Serginho Des won't have Tim Weah in front of him. So it'll be interesting to see what the chemistry is like for... Whoever Serginho Dess ends up having in front of him on the winger position, I think it, it might be Giro Reyna. And I think we've seen those two combine pretty well in the past, uh, but it'll be interesting to see who exactly lines up there and how it affects one of the strengths of the US men's national team, which is Serginho Dess running up the right flank um, and interworking with Tim Weah. The center back position also came in as expected with Tim Ream, Miles Robinson. Chris Richards and Cameron Carter Vickers making up that center back spot. There was a bit of controversy following the last video uh, where people were upset that I didn't mention Austin trustee as a player that could step into the U S men's national team center back role. uh, Whenever Tim Ream does start his decline. I I just don't see it at the moment. I mean, the argument for Austin trustee is that he's starting games in the premier league right now. That's just about all you can say about him. But if you take a deeper look, I mean, he's starting for a team at Sheffield United that, is at the bottom of the Premier League in points. They're at the bottom of the Premier League in spending. They're a glorified championship team at this point. They're not a team with ambitions to stay up in the Premier League. In fact, there's a number of guys in recent memory that have had cups of coffee in top leagues and then went on to play, I don't know, an MLS a few years later or some other uh league that's a lot lower than that. It's not some guarantee that that guy's going to come in and perform for the national team. I don't think that he's necessarily on the radar right now. And I think if Greg Berhalter were to take another center back, I think it would be Mark McKenzie at the moment. I I don't know. I I'd have to see that play out, but I think McKenzie's ahead of him in the depth chart right now. Speaking of Miles Robinson, there's been a lot of news lately connecting him to a European move. It seems uh he's his contract's about to run out with Atlanta United and he's going to be a free agent and there's interest from a couple of different clubs. There's a rumored Bundesliga club. There's a, um, I think PSV is one of the rumored clubs um, interested in Miles Robinson. I would love for Miles Robinson to make that transfer. If for nothing else, that we just stop hearing people complain that he's an MLS guy starting for the national team, regardless of how he performs for the national team. I'm kind of excited in this new era in this in this latest cycle for the US Men's National Team that there's so few. MLS players involved in the national team that we got so many guys in Europe that we don't have to have this debate. I'm excited for Miles Robinson if he does make that move, that finally people will get to appreciate just how good of a defender he is and how good of a defender he's been for the national team over the last few years. We move on to the midfielders, and this is where things really start getting interesting with this roster. We have Paxton Erickson, Johnny Cardoso, Luca Della Torre, Leonard Maloney, Weston McKinney, Eunice Musa, Gio Reyna, and Malik Tillman. Now, the first thing you might notice is this is a lot of names. As I said before, uh, Greg Berhalter selected 24 players, even though he can only bring 23. So one of these guys is not going to make it. I'm looking at Paxson Aronson as the guy most likely to not make the game day roster. It was a bit of, su- of a surprise that he's on this list. A lot of people, myself included, thought that he would be with the U23s. So something to keep an eye on there. Uh, Paxton Aronson, full disclosure, is a player that I really had my eye on this season. I really thought that he was going to take a step forward um, in his career. It hasn't really played out that way. He's gotten some minutes here and there for his club team, but he hasn't gotten the real breakthrough that I was hoping he would get this season, which would really see him uh, potentially putting his name on the list as a possible contributor. The real interesting thing, I think, overall for this entire camp is uh, what will the makeup of the midfield be for the U.S. men's national team? I'm pretty sure, I think we can all say, that Eunice Musa and Wes McKinney are likely to be two of the midfielders that start each of these Trinidad and Tobago games, but who's going to be that third midfielder? For uh, I guess since the World Cup, it's really been Gio Reyna's position as that third midfielder, um, and he's been fantastic in that spot. I think the U.S. just looks like a much better team with him in that position. However, with Weah and Palisic out, it is very likely that we see Reyna return to that 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 winger position, uh, not because. Uh, that's where he's going to play long-term or or because he's ineffective at the midfield spot. But because of all the guys on the list, I think Reyna is our best winger still in this roster. I think Reyna is one of the best players at many positions for this national team. He's just a guy that is so versatile that we're going to see him pop up in different spots over the course of his career. I'm expecting him to play there That means there's going to be an empty midfielder spot. And this is where things get interesting. This is where, you know, we could see Malik Tillman if Greg Berhalter wants to go with a very attacking lineup. Malik Tillman has been playing a lot for PSV and he brings he allows the US to have that fourth attacker, that fourth guy who's going to be able to break down low blocks and look for combinations and passes in the attack. More so, I think, than any of the other midfielders that potentially could be playing in that position. However, I think what he lacks at the moment is his defense, especially in transition. I feel like Tillman really has his switch turned on whenever he has the ball at his feet, but whenever he doesn't have the ball at his feet, he's just not as involved as I'd like him to be at the moment. Um, That is on the attack. I just don't see him really looking to get involved in, in games whenever he's not on the ball, but especially on in defense. His defending is just, I feel like it could improve a whole lot is what I'll say. I think This is an area of his game that can get a whole lot better. That would allow Malik Tillman to see the field a whole lot more for PSV and make his value go up a whole lot more. But that is certainly an option for Greg Berhalter. The other option will be between Johnny Cardoso and Luca Della Torre. In a previous video, I discussed what's going on with the depth chart for Greg Berhalter at the moment for the center mid position. Because for a while there, it felt like it was Luca Della Torre's position. However, Whenever it came time for Greg Bralter or whoever the U.S. men's national team coach was at the time to actually play Luca De La Torre when one of the other midfielders were out more often than not, we didn't see much of Luca De La Torre. And, and this trend kind of began to build in my mind that maybe the coaches don't have as much faith in Luca De La Torre as I think the, the, the fan base really did. And I think that really came to a head in the Ghana match. Whenever we saw Johnny Cardoso actually get the start over Luca De La Torre at that position and turn in a, a performance that I think is worthy of seeing him more of Johnny Cardoso in the future. Johnny Soccer's name is red hot right now with the connection to Real Batiste, a possible transfer move. He seems to be playing at a higher level than we've seen from him in recent years, at least with the national team. He seems like a player that is ready to come and take that position away from Luca Delatore or whoever else. The competition may be. I'd be real interested to see if it's not going to be Malik Tillman. And I wouldn't be surprised if it's Malik Tillman in the first game at home against Trinidad and Tobago and then a more defensive midfielder in the second game away. If it's not Malik Tillman, who's it going to be? I wouldn't be surprised if it's Johnny Soccer over Luca De La Torre, something I'm fascinated to take a, a look at. Uh, over the course of these two games. Now we move on to the winger position where we have one of the weaker groups that I've seen in quite some time. It is Brendan Aronson, Kevin Paredes, and Alejandro Zendejas. Zendejas just has not had very good performances for the U.S. men's national team over the last few chances that he had. When he came out, you know, his first few games for the national team were kind of exciting. He came in, he offered something different when we're playing with the A squad. But then during the Gold Cup, In a tournament where we really expected him to be one of the better players in the tournament, he just didn't deliver at that level. I hear he's playing better right now for Club America. Curious if we'll see a better Alex Zendayas, but I have a feeling we're just not going to see much of him at all throughout the course of these two games. Who will we see? I think it's going to be Brendan Aronson and Kevin Paredes really carrying the bulk of the minutes. It's going to be really curious. I'm assuming that Gio Reyna is going to take up one of the winger positions to start the first game against Trinidad and Tobago. Who will be the other? I mean, you have Brendan Aronson, who has the experience with this group, who's played a lot under Greg Burhalter but is just not in very good club form at all. It is not really a player that you would look to to take on a low block, which we're expecting to see from Trinidad and Tobago. Uh, and then you have Kevin Paredes, Who's a player that you know? I criticized a bit in in the previous video, uh, saying that he was one of the weaker players on the roster. And what did he do? He turned around and got his second start since the end of October and put in a pretty good performance against Werder Bremen uh, over for Wolfsburg. Now with Paredes, I still you know he's been playing left wing back predominantly, and I still can't help but see him as more of a defender than an attacker. I feel like in watching him play. He's a player that, you know, I said Malik Tillman really gets switched on whenever he has the ball at his feet. I feel like Kevin Paredes really gets switched on whenever he's defending. He looks like like a wolf attacking prey out there. And then whenever the ball turns over and he's in the attack, he just doesn't have as many tools as, you know, a, a more developed attacker that I'd like to see from that wing position. And whenever you start looking at a player who's going to help the U.S. in breaking down a low block, I don't really see that in Paredes at the moment either. I mean, he's a player that... You like what he does on the technical side. You like his speed. You like his uh, athleticism. Um, I'd like to see some more of those. Either see some more attacking tools get developed from him in his game right now or see him switch to left back, which I think would be a really exciting proposition because the U.S. could really use a really high-level left back moving into the future. I know Christoph Lund is performing in that position pretty well right now, but I think Kevin Paredes is the type of guy – that if he really becomes a dedicated left-back, could really raise the level of of the floor of the left-back position for the U.S. men's national team. Now we move on to the striker position, and this went as expected. We have Ricardo Pepe, and we have Falaron Balogun. I said in the previous video that I really expect this tournament, or this two-game window, to be a window where Greg Berhalter really hammers home to uh, the players in the midfield and the wingers to... Really look for Balagun's runs in behind. I think he's made it a point of emphasis in previous camps, but this will be an opportunity against the Trinidad and Tobago side that we're expected to dominate and have a lot of opportunities against where the team can really have the time and space necessary to pick their head up and find those penetrating runs in behind from Filar and it's a It's a run that is absolutely devastating when utilized at his club, but it's just not something we've seen um, the U.S. really utilizing in Flo's game. He's been making the runs. There's been opportunities there. We just haven't seen that final ball delivered. I'd like to see that hammered home again and again and again against Trinidad and Tobago over these two games. Uh, Ricardo Pepe, what can you say about him? Um, he's up against a really difficult situation with his club position where Luke De Jong is just on absolute fire. I think he got another Champions League goal a, a few days ago. Ricardo Pepe's doing everything he can do right now, which is whenever he does get those opportunities on the field to make the most of them, to uh, create assists, to through his holdup play, through his combination play, and even through scoring opportunities on his own to make an impact in games. I think he's been doing the same thing for the U.S. men's national team. So that's why he finds himself in this position right now. Now that's the 24 players Greg Berhalter called up. I think Luca Koliosho is another player out there that everybody wants to see on the roster that I just don't know where he is right now as far as being a dual international and want to pick a nationality. I know he's been playing for the Italian youth teams and seems pretty happy over there. So I, just, I I don't know. It doesn't seem like one that is likely to happen in the near term. There was a lot of suspicion that Jesus Ferrer would be called into this camp, whether as a backup striker or maybe as a 10 or even as a winger, just considering the dearth of options that the U.S. has in the attack at the moment. I have a feeling that a lot of that had to do with FC Dallas still being in the playoff hunt, although I'm expecting them to lose to Seattle over the weekend, so he'll be out and have the opportunity to come in. But um, there was a big thought there that Jesus Ferreira might be that guy. I think this is about where Jesus is in the depth chart right now. The bottom line is the U.S. is still a really strong team, regardless of missing Weya and Polisic and Tyler Adams at this point. They should still be able to handle business against this Trinidad and Tobago team. Both ties were expecting a win, although we've seen throughout World Cup qualifying that it's difficult to go down to Central America and beat some of these teams away. But man, it would be a big disappointment if the U.S. doesn't come away with two wins from these two games. But that's not to say there isn't a little bit of nervousness because Christian Pulisic has just accounted for so many of the goals and assists for the U.S. men's national team. Over the past few years. And the ones that he didn't create, a lot of them came down Tim Way aside. Those two players just bring so much to the attack. This is a pretty big drop off from our, our possible A squad with everybody healthy versus what we're gonna be putting on the field for Trinidad and Tobago. Still good enough to win, but a bit of a nervous, anxious feeling heading into this game knowing that we're gonna have some guys that just don't have a ton of minutes playing together and aren't quite as good at breaking down teams in low blocks as some of the guys uh, who are off the roster due to injury. So let me know your thoughts on the call-ups. Let me know your projected 11 for the first game. Maybe your first first and second game, because I think there's gonna be some changes made between those two games. Uh, let me know your overall thoughts on the lineup in the comments section. Thank you guys so much for watching. If you want the Yanker Fort in podcast form, you can find it anywhere podcasts are found thanks to the Believe Podcast Network. Thank you for liking. Thank you for subscribing. And thank you so much to the members who go above and beyond to support this channel. Special thanks to the tier two members, Mike Irish, Aaron M, Dan McVeigh, Michael Baker, and Matthew Doyle. If you'd like to become a tier two member and get a shout out, you can do so by clicking the join button. Thank you guys so much for watching. My name is Sam and this is the Yanker Fort.